Hello, everyone. Welcome to a podcast. Uh, it's called Jesse's Room, and it has two co-hosts, uh, one of which is me, and I am Ben. And I am the other co-host, so my name is Rora. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to do a, like a quick intro thing before we start uh, the discussion of today's uh, films, feature films. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you want me to go now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so Jesse's Room is a podcast that we started, uh, to talk about movies, which is not the most original idea, but it was our idea, so we're going with it anyway. Um, and yeah, today's the pilot episode, just to get a feel for how things are going to work out. Um, should I say what movies we're doing today, or is that a surprise? Well, actually, no, they'll see it in the thumbnail, it's I'm stupid. The... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. So uh, today's a pilot episode, and just to get a feel for how things are going to go, and today we are reviewing Mamma Mia and Fight Club. Yes, two incredibly identical films. Exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, just to clarify before we go, you know, too far into it, um, we haven't really planned this one out, um, hopefully as much as future episodes, but... Uh, that's why this this is just the pilot. This is not part of the canon yeah. lore of Jesse's room. This is episode zero. So in the future, we're gonna have cooler stuff. But yeah, yeah, and not sound like you know people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I, I doubt but, that's yeah. gonna really change. Okay. Well, we have to keep up images here, Ben. Give me a break. So, um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so you wanna you wanna say why we picked these two movies? Or? Sure, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead with that. Uh, All right. We originally planned uh, to watch or to discuss uh, Mamma Mia and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, just sort of randomly picked the two, uh, mainly because I had never seen Mamma Mia, and Rora had never seen uh, Scott Pilgrim, and so we uh, watched them together just the other day. And we were like, wouldn't it be funny if we combined the two? But then, after we watched uh, Mamma Mia, uh, we also watched Fight Club. And while we were watching that, I was like, wouldn't it be really funny if we combined Mamma Mia with Fight Club? Because they really are, like, jokes aside, they are pretty similar in in, in a way. No, they're not. <laughs> the the uh, ludicrousy of them, yes, but... From a thematic well, standpoint, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into that in our discussion then, because I yeah, I beg yeah, to differ. Yeah. Oh really? Okay, then some some contest here. But yeah, no. So we're just gonna basically be talking about the movies today, our thoughts on them, how you know they were put together, all the scripts, um, production itself, really all aspects of it. It's kind of just like a very uh, just like a conversation. You know what I mean? Not nothing too fancy. Just sort of like just viewing them as films and how, like, we see them, basically. It's like a concerto. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I, I do want to say Rora is definitely more prepared than I am for this one. No, I, I think I just... I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm more prepared. I just say that I wrote more, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, considering I didn't write anything, it, it's not... Okay. The standard isn't very high. <laughs> All right, well, but, um, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we got it. We got it. It's yeah. good. But I just want to say, yeah. like, normally, uh, 
we would be a bit more prepared, or especially me. But um, yeah, and for future episodes, I think um, just while we're in this sort of intro, uh, I I think we would sort of like continue with the like contrasting pairings and stuff because I feel like that's kind of funny, but also yeah, like, good. Uh, it's good discussion topics. Yeah, and it, it, I feel like it's a good like variety, you know, because like yeah. if it, if I had it my way, we would be discussing black and white Swedish films every week, <laughs> which and we could do do a, a Swedish special, <laughs> a Swedish week. No, yeah, um, but <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this way we get uh, the best of all aspects of cinema, from mm-hmm. the good films to. The great, not so good films. Great films like Mamma Mia. Yes, of course, the peak of cinema. Speaking of Mamma Mia, Rora, why don't you introduce the film? All right. So, for any of you who are not like Ben, you know what this movie's about. No offense, Ben. Um, But basically, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is about a girl who's getting married. And she has three potential fathers, but does not know which one is her true father. So she invites all of them to the wedding, much to the surprise of her mother, and shenanigans ensue. Uh, Very uh, lighthearted movie, great movie to watch with friends, very entertaining. Uh, But yeah, anything to add? Well, I mean, your description of the plot... uh... Like, it, that's not really the plot. Well, I yes, guess that's it is the, the plot. Well, that's the plot, but that's not what it's about, though. Well, no, no this... Well, fine, what's it about, then? Well, I mean, you, you didn't even mention... Like, our protagonist is essentially... Uh, what's your name? Sophie? No. Or Donna? Donna. You didn't even mention Donna. Okay, well, I didn't want to give anything away, but... Oh, yeah, I didn't mention Donna, you're right. Okay, <laughs> I, can, I can restart. Character. I can restart, I can restart, okay. All right, quiet, 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 give me a second. Alright, so the plot of Mamma Mia, basically, is that there's this girl who's the daughter of Donna, played by Meryl Streep, and um, she has three potential fathers, and who, all of which whom she invites to her wedding, which is the central um, narrative of the story. She's trying to get these men to Greece, which is where the movie is uh, located, to find out which is her father. Her mother does not know of any of this and so she's surprised by the three men coming to the wedding and the whole movie basically is just the girl whose name is sophie trying to keep the three men away from her mother donna um while trying to like balance between all different aspects of it so it's mainly just that sort of like relationship between the father the the potential fathers sophie and donna and it's like a back and forth the whole movie yeah well, I I would also like specify if you're like me, if you have not seen this movie, that like it, it's not a it's not a very plot driven movie. No, it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's about. Well, you got to mention the music. It, it's a oh musical. yeah. Well, I thought we'd get into that later. That's the well, most yeah. important part. Well, I, we're getting <laughs> well. We're getting into it now. All right. Fair enough. Yes, That's, it is in fact yes. a musical. Okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no yeah it is a musical uh features abba songs um the 70s swedish pop band uh swedish is- swedish yes <laughs> right up your alley but uh no yeah but it is a very like it's one of those movies you put on on like a friday night and your friends are sleeping over it's just one of those fun movies uh so yeah 
you should also specify like this placement in your like top 10 or whatever because... okay fine i was getting there uh no yeah but this movie is uh number four out of top 10 which is a bit weird considering all the other ones in relation to it because they're more like serious but this movie is just it has such a good like rewatch factor like you could just watch this movie over and over again and the experience is still the same and it's just a really i love this movie just because it's so entertaining and so like enthralling and you just want to keep watching it because you're like even i've seen this before the songs are catchy the characters are like relatable and they're all like phenomenal actors and actresses like i mean meryl streep alone <laughs> you know what i mean great uh and we'll get more into the cast and stuff later and yeah. like the characters but from very like from the beginning it's just a really overall like it's like a homely movie it's something that you just watch just to have good vibes <laughs> i guess yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I should specify this is uh, not in my top ten, I, I know. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't like dislike it. I know I probably am coming across like that. But no, I, I enjoyed it. Like you said, it's it's just one of those, like, um, like not no steak, but just like... It, it, low steak. Low steak, I guess you'd say. But just like, uh, like you said, rewatchability factor. Just having, like... Mm -hmm no like conflict it's just sort of like a uh hangout movie i feel like someone yeah. you oh that's uh tarantino describing jackie brown it's just like a a movie you just put on or it's like there isn't really like i mean there's a plot obviously but it's not nothing that's like yeah intensely like driving yeah. you forward like keeping you engaged it's just like hey you just kind of hang out with these characters see what they're up to on this greek island for a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just also the fact that like all of the dialogue is like very like I mean some I don't know if it was intentional or not. I'm assuming probably not, but there's a lot of times when they'll uh, the actors and, and actresses will like slip up on their lines and sort of like blah 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 their way out of it. And it's just like it just adds to the sort of like you watch this with your friends like vibe. You know what I mean? That's why I love this movie because it's just such a a nice movie. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's interest for me. It's more interesting than like entertaining. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll get into like the production and stuff, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it it's it's fascinating, <laughs> you know. It, it truly like, is. Yes, the whole process behind everything, and and just like the film itself is so mm -hmm. like yeah bizarre in like every <laughs> yeah. moment, you know. Like, and I mean mm -hmm. that in the best way. Well, not the best way yeah. possible, but like. The, the cinematography is just like so like non true like it, it's so um not non-traditional but just like in interesting you know like it, it's mm -hmm. not what you expect for a movie called like mama mia you know yeah like, it, it, like it's way more um like visually interesting than you would expect like you you kind of just expect like shot reverse shot like super basic standard like cinematography but with this the camera is just like always like moving somehow it's like constantly yeah. like tilting and zooming and moving around like it, it it's very straight it's like a music video which makes yeah, sense considering is, yeah. yeah it's basically <laughs> the a abundance of songs <laughs> yeah yeah no i the cinematography is definitely very um unique i guess to this particular brand because like this is technically a romance. It's like it's a rom-com. It technically is. But, like, it, you know, you're right. It has so many, like, 
interesting shots that don't you don't think like there's like I think like there's a crash zoom right when they first meet the three guys if I'm remembering correctly, uh, and it's like why 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 where did that come from you know what I mean? But it's just like it visually keeps you interested. So I think you're right with that. It is definitely quite the creative use of a camera. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like sort of the. You can tell that it just like doesn't make any sense, really. It's yeah. just like it, it doesn't take itself seriously at all, you know. And that's sort mm -hmm. of yeah. like you can tell the production sort of had that attitude as well, where it's just like it's so just like I guess uh, free flowing and stuff. Like it, it really just comes off. That's where I. That's where I think the like lighthearted aspect really like kicks in. It's just that yeah, like from every aspect of it, just like is not like taken seriously i think yeah no i think i think it's taken seriously to an extent like probably like the budget and everything but i think the actual film itself is not like serious at all and it's not intended to be taken as such um like you know what i mean like they put effort into it that much is obvious but like it wasn't intended to be like this like heartfelt drama it was intended to be like this like you know sort of like goofy like where did that come from why are they like dancing in in flippers and you know like swimming trunks sort of thing you know what i mean like i think you're right in that aspect they definitely do not take it seriously but in a good way yeah i mean you mentioned the budget so i guess we'll sort of get into that like yeah and how i kind of said while we were watching it that this is definitely just like a money laundering scheme because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it seems like a movie like the happy madison stuff like it, it seems like something that like is just an excuse to get a bunch of like actors to like go on a vacation and drink a bunch of alcohol and the camera yeah. is there just as like a cover-up like an excuse yeah. and so that's where i feel like just like the stupidly like over-the-top camera movements for this like <laughs> um just non-story and it, it just yeah. feels like they just went so like they just basically didn't care and i think that came across in like the best way possible and their tax evasion scheme somehow backfired into the highest grossing film ever directed by a woman until wonder woman but actually to add on to that um this was a uh, this was budget what 52 million i think it was it was below 60 yeah yeah, and so I actually, I was looking up, like, uh, statistics yesterday about this, and this is on IMDb's website. It says that in December of 2008, this movie, this is a direct quote, by the way, this movie became the highest grossing movie of all time in the UK, like, beating both <laughs> Titanic and Avatar, which I thought was insane. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it's directly from IMDb, so I was like, true. that's insane. Yeah, I mean... I mean, most of the cast is European. Um, yeah. So it makes sense, but still, I'm like, that's an in that's insane that it beat out like Titanic, you know? Like that's crazy. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying with like the. It's just that's that's the main stuff that interests me because it's based off a um, novel slash Broadway play, but it was yeah. a play. It was not a musical. It wasn't a musical, then, right? Yeah. And they just added in all of these like seventies Swedish pop songs, and it's just like <laughs> they they like basically built a story, or they just like grabbed a story and made it sort of fit in with the like pre existing songs, basically. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I feel like a lot of the sort of lack of like 
traditional pl like plot or narrative structure. It's just because mm -hmm. they kind of just like slapped a story on top of a bunch of like they they basically are just stringing together the the songs with like pieces of plot, you know, like like it's, yeah. it doesn't it barely feels like a movie. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I was comparing it to Cats when we watched it. <laughs> it, yeah. it I, I mean, this is a better made film than Cats, though. Like this, this is like it's the Cats of of it's like British Cats. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we can end the we can end the episode now. Yeah, I I am kind of shocked as well by like the amount of like genuine love for this movie. Like I like I get yeah. like um people enjoy it. It's like you said, lighthearted, everything. Mm -hmm. But it's like the level of like praise and sort of like well, I mean, just the um box office stuff. Like it, like just the yeah. fact that it like instantly got that much of like a status is is mm -hmm. interesting well i mean i think it's probably because of the cast like at first i mean literally like it's such like i mean like uh meryl streep pierce brosnan colin firth amanda seyfried seyfried uh stellan skarsgård dominic cooper they're all julie walters um i forget her name's like christine i forget her last name but um the other of uh, Donna's friends, like they're all well-known actors, and like, just that's like the equivalent today of putting like, like, uh, like RDJ, Kevin Hart, like all these like well-known celebrities into like this like goofy comedy. Like that's the effect it would have. You know what I mean? Like they were all well-known actors. Yeah, I mean that's definitely like a factor of it, but just the fact that it's yeah. like number one in a bunch no, of yeah. stuff like yeah like definitely. i mean there's tons of movies that has way that have like um way more well-known actors in well it yeah than that yeah and it made probably and they've completely flopped you know so i feel like there yeah, is yeah, something yeah. about this i assume it it's the soundtrack and the marketability of it just like i don't know yeah I think it's probably majorly the soundtrack, um, because again, like the first time I watched this movie, like that was like the main thing I kept like the songs. I just loved all the songs, but I think just like the whole movie, it's like I can't visit for what it is. I can't fault it for anything. You know what I mean? Like obviously there's some plot holes and stuff, but it's like that type of movie that it's okay. You know what I mean? Because it's not like important. Um, so I think it's mainly the music that like and the the actors who who over do uh like attracted the original audience but then after it was beginning to get like popularized it everybody just stuck on to that concept you know what i mean and just kind of like loved it and i think that's that's what it was that made it so big even though it doesn't really make sense um yeah i yeah. think it, it's just an anomaly really I yeah mean, <laughs> i guess we can talk a bit more about the plot well you were saying like plot holes and stuff it's like the type of thing that it barely has a plot to begin with, other than like yeah, no, it's nothing that can't be described like you basically did in a sentence. You know, like mm -hmm. you could describe the plot of the movie like beat for beat in like under ten minutes, even though it's yeah. like a, what hour fifty minutes, something like that. I think it was an hour fifty, yeah, just under two hours. Yeah, a hundred fifty minutes. So I feel yeah. like um, it, it's just strange it's bizarre and yeah, that, that's definitely. kind of why that's why i liked it mm -hmm. i mean you yeah well I and mean, we should clarify i mean i just watched this you know like yeah what, four days ago you've it was been like watching three this. or four days. i've been watching it for at least over a year yeah i really yeah, so, genuinely love this movie so yeah i, I mean i get that like 
having something that like even though it's not like objectively a great film yeah i, I can still like respect the uh the lightheartedness of it like i i, yeah. I get it mm, yeah honestly it's just like such a good time though you know what i mean like i mean some of the moments in in the movie it's just like you're like when would that ever like for example the uh, the bachelor party scene remember when they like just come in swinging on ropes like <laughs> and you're like where did that even come from you know it's like just the ludicrousy of some of the shots it's just like it makes you laugh you know what i mean it's just like it's so like you wouldn't see this in any other type of movie and i don't think honestly you have seen it since like i can't think of a movie that's like has both like slightly like more like serious things like oh this girl's trying to you know find her father and find out who she is or whatever uh but also at the same time can feature um like mobs of people like dancing on a pier you know what i mean like it's just like they're too they're so like it's so varied in in the tone sometimes not drastically because it's not a serious movie but like they just have such a a well-rounded like atmosphere in my opinion that is and that's also why I, I genuinely enjoy it and don't really consider it like a cheesy movie you know what i mean yeah it, it's if i had to label it as something it's like an absurdist musical and i feel like <laughs> yeah. it, like it, it's on the same level as like i mentioned like happy madison stuff like um i'm thinking of the wrong missy from last year <laughs> um don't watch that if you haven't uh seen it unfortunately but um it where it's just like they don't care at all and they're just clearly making a movie for the sake of like making a move or making like money mm -hmm. uh it's like on that level but there's still like such a it, it feels genuine at the very least like it feels like it feels like they're making something stupid and they're having a great time doing it and yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. they just don't care it's the type of thing where it, it's okay to not care. It's the type of yeah. thing that, like, if they did care about this, I think it would be, like, a disaster, you know? Like, if they yeah. took it seriously at all, then the whole thing would just fall apart. Yeah, because honestly, I can't really imagine, like, this movie being entertaining without, like, any of the songs. And I feel like if they did take it seriously, there would have been, like significantly less songs, you know what I mean? And it just wouldn't have had the same effect. Well, if there were no songs in this, it would be like 10 minutes long. <laughs> well, not as, I guess, but you could like substitute the songs with like actual dialogue, you know what well, I mean? Sure. Like I'm saying if they replaced, if they reverted back to like the original play, I can't see it being uh, as big of a success as it was, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely not, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we should mention, since we're talking about the songs, it is uh, all of the actors, except for one, I think you yeah. said? Yeah. Uh, but they did their all like their their own singing and stuff, which I was mm -hmm. surprised to hear. I mean, I couldn't yeah. tell just from listening, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan was um the only one who didn't do his own uh vocals, but he he when he came back for the second one, he did his vocals in that. But uh, yeah, but everybody else in the first one did their own vocals, and it all sounded like pretty good. Like you know what I mean? Like they're all pretty decent singers. Uh, especially Meryl Streep. Actually, fun fact, which. People who love this movie probably already know, but uh, the uh, one of the ending songs, which was like this very emotional, like powerful one, she did in one take, and they just like used it, like that was it, like she recorded it, and that was it. Which is actually really, if you hear the song, it's um, it's uh, the I think it's called the Winner Takes All or something like that. 
it's a, a very she did a very good job with it uh so i always thought that was incredibly impressive to do in one take you know but yeah it's just it's just little stuff like that 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 just makes mm-hmm. this more interesting to me like as a phenomenon rather than just a film because that's a yeah. film I, I think it's pretty like like it, it it borders on like the filmmaking aspects versus just like the fact that this exists is why I'm enjoying it, you know? Like, just mm, yeah. the fact that, like, I don't know. Like, there, there's just so many bizarre little things. Like, just, like, on the Wikipedia article I showed you yesterday, it was, like, the reason Meryl Streep wanted to do this was because she watched the Broadway play after 9-11 and it gave yeah. her hope about humanity. And it's just, yeah. like, there's so many just, like, things that don't make any sense and it's like you watch mm-hmm. the film knowing that like that was Meryl Streep's motivation to wanting yeah. to do this it's just like so fascinating that's I think if I had to summarize it in one word it's just like a fascinating stupidity I think that's two words but you know <laughs> it's close <laughs> enough um no but what I was gonna say is another little interesting uh bit is I don't remember. I think it's like 40-ish minutes in, maybe an hour, but I think it's probably closer to the 40-minute mark. There is this shot of the um, the courtyard, like, right after, like, it gets a crack in it. Not right after, like, after it gets a crack in it. And there's, like, this dolphin emblem in stone on the, the courtyard, like, the center, which is there the whole movie. But for one scene, the, the dolphin, like, it's, like, almost as, like, it, it starts moving. Like, it, like, it, not, it like, pulsates on the ground so it's like if somebody like took a png of a dolphin like stone and just stretched it and shrunk it like for like the three seconds it's on camera so like it's like this weird hidden like special effects shot and i i don't remember why it was included i just remember reading that and i noticed it when we watched it the other day uh and like it's just like a weird little like why did they do that but it's like in there it just adds to like the ludicrousy of the entire thing but it's just such like a weird like tidbit you know what i mean wait so the dolphin like logo thing was digitally added yeah. for only one scene well no i think it was i think it was like on like the set they shot but for one scene it like it like grew and shrunk like two or three times in the span of like the three seconds it was on 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 camera was it like well I'm I'm just trying to picture so they digitally added it for like the whole thing, but they just like forgot to like change like a keyframe or something just for like No, like it, it literally or? like it literally just like like you know when things like pulse like you know in cartoons when like the heart is like pumping and it's like small big, yeah. small big, small well, no, big. Yeah. It did that. That's what it was doing. And you, wait, so was it intentional or was this just like I, a... I don't know. I just remember <laughs> seeing it on like Instagram or something. There's a post about it. And I'm like, that's not true. And I forgot about it. But when we were watching yesterday, I saw it and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, why is that there? Well, I feel like that just encapsulates the whole like mystique of it. Like th- this feels like a, <laughs> yeah. it, it is unique. You know, there, I, I don't think I've ever seen mm-hmm. a movie yeah. that's quite, like it in terms of that like feeling that like it's not a legitimate movie but it's also kind of good (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much i think that's probably like the best way you can describe (laughs) that because i mean like it's just like an odd like it's like an odd unique it's like an experience to watch this movie you know what i mean like it's not just like sit down you watch it it's like you you take it all in and you're like what (laughs) you know you don't walk away from Mamma Mia as the same man. <laughs> I, I think we should also... 
uh, I don't know how much more you had to say, but we should start talking about kind of the music and sort of that stuff. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I was going to actually bring that up, yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll just say I thought the music was pretty good. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know mm -hmm. much about music. I can talk about movies all day. But this is not a music podcast, unfortunately. No, it is but, not. Uh, yes. To my untrained ears, I thought the music was pretty good. Nothing that yeah, I it's... would like go and listen to, like on my own, maybe. But I, I <laughs> yeah, I, they're pretty catchy. As someone who has watched this movie for a while, I can say without hesitation that I have listened to these songs, uh, cleaning or cooking or whatever. But uh, I also do very much enjoy the soundtrack um well you you think it's okay but i thought it was fantastic well, I, I enjoyed um, it <laughs> it was enjoyable <laughs> well i mean considering it's the majority of the film you kind of have to yeah <laughs> yeah i remember uh, when uh, the film was going on i was like counting down the songs and i was like all right song number seven is coming up and you were just like we just had one and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> yeah towards like once all three of the dads have kind of been like introduced and stuff, there's like four songs back to back. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very music heavy. Like it's probably one of the most, I mean, what there's like, we, we look at this, there's 19 songs, I think. Yeah. You said 19. in the film. Yeah. Which is insane because they're like on average two to three minute songs. Um, yeah. And they're in full. Yeah. And they're full. Yeah. So like, it's, it's a lot of music. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just get the song stuck in your head. Yeah, and, and I think should also point out, like, most of them, like, are detours from, from the plot. Like, they're things that, like, don't really, like, like, the plot yeah. doesn't progress during the songs. Like, it was just like, oh, this hotel is falling apart, I'm really tired. And then they, like, <laughs> from that, they go into, like, a three-minute song about how they want to be rich and how they want to have money and that shows them yeah. like in imagined sequences on like a <laughs> yacht <laughs> and it's yeah. just like it, it it adds it it's a detour like that's what i was saying it like it feels detour, like yeah. it's just stringing together these songs and they just mm -hmm. took like the first thing they could get their hands on which i assume was the rights to the play slash book i'm interested to like see what the book was because I can't imagine yeah. there was very much. It's probably closer to a short story than a book. Yeah, I I feel like without the music, you can't. This is not that long, you know. Unless there was like something really gruesome or something that happened, and like the whole thing is like just this is like the PG version of what happened. But um, but yeah, I I honestly kind of want to know like what happened in the book or at least the play. Um, but yeah, no, the soundtrack is really good though. Um. It's just honestly, it's one of the most catchy like things I've ever heard in my entire life. You know what I mean? Like you can't hear it and not get at least one song stuck in your head. Um, yeah, that is true. Which yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like impossible. Um, so yeah, the soundtrack I, I do enjoy a lot. But it, like again, you can't even talk about the soundtrack as a soundtrack because it's it's not like <laughs> yeah. original. Like these are just no, pre-existing yeah. songs, which it's like yeah. it, it's so weird to me like everything about yeah. this is like you have to have like five disclaimers for everything you talk yeah. about <laughs> yeah but yeah no that that part is honestly it's kind of impressive how they managed to like create this story this narrative or whatever from like i mean it was an existing idea 
but the fact that they were just like i mean also credit to abba all these songs are like very specific <laughs> you know what i mean like i like if you think about it you're like well our last summer like that like that's very specific you know what i mean and i think that also kind of helped in in the story process because because of the specificity uh they were able to like string it together like you said which i thought was very interesting as well i don't know i feel like the specificity kind of comes from like I feel like you could take any album and, like, if you string it together right, you could make, like, a store, like, any store you want out of it. Oh, like, yeah, I think, yeah. I think, like, it, I, I kind of disagree with that, like, this, it, like, had to be those songs. I think those were probably just, like, the best songs that they could, like, No, no, that's fit. not what I was saying. I was saying that the, the way they wrote the songs, like, uh, forgetting the movie entirely, the songs were just, like, very, like, like, you wouldn't, that wouldn't be something you'd, like be like it's not a generic song is what i'm saying like it's like you can't make anything out of it like it sort of like because of like the nature of the songs um it sort of like lent itself to to giving it a story because it wasn't a generic song that's what i was saying okay yeah, yeah. i i get yeah. that i mean it's just like the songs themselves are like well i mean they're just good songs on their own I oh guess. yeah yeah and yeah it it it's strange. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> yeah, that's I, I just fair. keep saying that, but yeah. I mean, it, it, to be fair, it is kind of strange. It, the whole movie is like, it does, it shouldn't exist, but like everyone's glad that it does, or most people are, anyway. Uh, but yeah. I mean, you see something as unique as this. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't your perspective on cinema is slightly <laughs> altered every time you see something like this. That is true. That is true. But yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the uh, the lighting, though, because we were talking about this the other day um, and I wanted to bring it up because you and I had varying uh, uh, observations about it. Um, but uh, honestly, I, I liked the lighting, even though upon researching, uh, we found out most of it was um, like not natural light. Um, I did, in fact, like it because I thought it, it like gave the whole thing like a golden hour look like all the time, you know, uh, which is just very visually pleasing. Um, so even though it was kind of like faked, I thought it was an interesting decision to to uh, to go that route. But it also to me anyway, it just sort of like made the whole thing even more like homely or like a like a sort of like a nostalgic even even though obviously this never like happened in your life it just has that feeling of inducing nostalgia you know what i mean um but well, it's yeah it's just so like genuine that it kind yeah of yeah like... it's also like saturated too like all the colors are really bright like the blue of the ocean which i i think is probably um computer generated but either way it's very saturated everything is like very like in your face color wise uh and i always really liked that part of it because it just made it even more like um visually appealing and like you know but yeah I, I think a lot of it was um filmed on location because they went to greece for most of it no so yeah 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 i think like the ocean and stuff is probably like i mean obviously you could see like when it was like a matte painting and when it was like mm -hmm. clearly a set but yeah, yeah I, I guess i'll sort of say my stuff about the lighting just like when we were watching it i think i was like pointing it out a lot towards the beginning but that was just because I, like, didn't understand what I was in for. But now, yeah. I, like, it, it is pretty fitting how it's, like, almost, almost like, dreamlike uh, lighting. Yeah. Where it's, like, so, it's, like, so noticeable, but also so, like, soft. It's a really weird yeah. contrast. That's why I was saying, like, it, it looked like they were green screened in. Like, they could have been placed, like, 
into every scene but that was just because of the lighting and it was just like yeah. even when they were like just in like a bedroom it looked like they were like <laughs> it looked like they were keyed out and it was, yeah. it was very because like it, it's kind of like that lighting could be used to like cover like keying like tracks and stuff but it it, it all sort of fed into that like feeling of this should not exist what am i watching like mentality yeah. and it, it really just uh it all worked like it's the type of thing that i feel like if even one thing was different the whole thing would just fall apart but it's just 100 like, yeah yeah it, it i feel like there's like a hundred th things exactly like this like made every single year but it's just like this is just the perfect like storm of chaos that yeah. just so happened yeah. to, like right people right place right time right music and you know it it, it just worked yeah and it yeah. ended up grossing like what was it 600 million i think it was for <laughs> for something um but yeah it, either way it was a lot <laughs> it was like but uh yeah. i think it was number three of 2008 because it was behind like the dark knight and one other thing oh my god it made 615.7 million <laughs> yeah. in the in u.s just in um, the u.s oh no not in the u.s sorry total i read that wrong okay, yeah. it made a hundred and 144.1 million in the u.s and 471.6 in other territories world worldwide for a total of 615 um which yeah. is insane. <laughs> I mean, it's cinema is the universal language, I guess. Mamma Mia is the <laughs> yeah. universal language. Well, I feel like there's just like no cultural barriers to get over. It's just a bunch of people yeah. running around <laughs> singing. Especially since the fact that like everybody's from wildly different places. Like it takes place in Greece. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is Scottish. <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård is Swedish. Colin Firth is British. Uh, Meryl Streep and Amanda Seyfried both are um, American. Dominic Cooper, I think, is British. Like they're all from like different places. So it's like it's like a little bit of a uh, a bunch of different countries mixed together. You know what I mean? So it has that um, appeal as well. It says yeah. it was the third gr highest grossing film of 2008 internationally. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just like behind the dark night. I can't even picture what else that would be like even up against, you know? Yeah, like, I honestly don't know. 600 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, um Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh, that's okay. 700. Like that was almost 800 million. Yeah, that makes sense. The Dark Knight was just under a billion. So, yeah, I, I mean it makes sense, but yeah. yeah it's not what, but compared to the Dark Knight and Indiana Jones. This is kind of stands yeah. out a bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, just looking at the cover poster right now on the Wikipedia article, <laughs> it's just yeah. like it. This looks like like bottom of the barrel Adam Sandler like garbage, <laughs> you know. But it's just <laughs> yeah, and it's like the feel good cinema event of the summer, and mm -hmm. it, it it lives up to it. Yeah, definitely. Although, uh, before we uh, switch over to Fight Club, I think the important uh, question is, which I asked you the other day, is which dad were you rooting for, Ben? Which one did you want to be Sophie's dad? Well, I wasn't rooting for any one of them. I was just rooting against the British guy. Yeah, which I found horribly offensive because Harry is my favorite character. Okay, um, well, I find the British race to be offensive, so... <laughs> That's fair. That's a valid point. So, um... 
yeah, no spoilers or anything, because I guess uh, some people, some of you haven't seen it. I guess probably I, I probably very few have not seen this. I was probably one of few people. You probably were. Like, what's the thing? I've, oh, Hamilton. Like, I, I'm like the only person I know who hasn't seen. I have not Hamilton. seen Hamilton yet. <laughs> well, there we go. We're we're the only two. Yeah. You want to um, cut your Hamilton about Fight Club now? No, we can uh, sort of wrap this up. Uh, are we going to give okay. like a rating or a recommendation? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, uh, you All go right. first. So overall, I mean, i kind of biased on this one but because uh, it is one of my top ten. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, I just love this movie. Um, I, From a technical standpoint, it's not the best, but I, I give it, like, honestly, like, eight out of ten. Like, it's just, it's such a good, like like wholesome movie and like it's just so like again rewatchability plays a huge factor in how i rate movies because i feel like a movie is only so good or it was only as good as the amount of times you can watch it again you know what i mean and like pick up on stuff or just even enjoy it for what it is so i i think eight out of ten is my solid rating for for this movie okay and so you would recommend it i yes i would 100 percent. if you are have not seen it yet definitely go go watch it Yes, it's available on nothing. Uh, where did we? Yeah, we... actually, it's really not available in many places. Yes, so if you want to watch it, then too bad. Just listen to the music. No, you can, you can, well, yeah, you could do that, but you can also, like, rent it on, like, any Fandango or, like, Google uh, Google Play thing. Um, do not spend money on this movie. Okay, well... You, you know what I mean. If you really want to go watch it, it's a good watch. Uh, rental probably less than five bucks if you want to spend money on it. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely would recommend yeah. it. Because there's absolutely no other way to possibly watch movies without spending money. Yes, of course. There is absolutely no alternative. No option. You must spend money to watch movies. Yes. Um, yes. So I guess I'll go. Um, I recommend this. <laughs> that's it um i recommend this uh to people who um are interested in i mean even just from like a filmmaking perspective if you just mm -hmm. like it's just so fascinating to me so if you've been putting this off just like thinking it's just like another musical type thing it is but it, it it's unique in the like yeah. behind the scenes stuff so yeah, i would recommend definitely. it I gave this a 6 out of 10, uh, 3 out of 5, if you will. Um, I just, like, it, it has a charm to it. Like, it has a unique, like, feeling or vibe or whatever. And I think that just, like, the filmmaking complements that very well. But outside of that, I don't, for me, I don't really think it has much. And the music is good. <laughs> the music is the most important part. Yes. Well, for this, literally, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't joking. <laughs> Do you have anything? Any final thoughts on Mamma Mia, the 2008 jukebox musical comedy film? If you do watch this movie and go on to watch the second one, I would not recommend that. <laughs> no, it's it's a fine movie, but this one definitely. If you want to to have a good time, watch this movie. Seriously, it's a great movie. Well, yeah, I mean, that goes, like, you can't recreate this, like, chaotic storm yeah, really that, can't. like, I mean, obviously, 
since it made so much money, they had to, you know, try to do it again. But yeah, of course. Although to be fair, they did give it ten years. The second one came out a decade <laughs> after the first. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. Uh. Mamma Mia! What a great yes. podcast. That's what the yeah. viewer just said. That's what the viewers are thinking right now. <laughs> See, you... but now we get into the fun stuff. Fight Club. Yes, only 50 yes. minutes in. <laughs> Is it really 50 minutes? Oh my god. Well, think about how many outtakes we had. So Definitely, yeah, that's fair. All right. Also, how do you want to do you want to introduce Fight Club or do you want to just sort of like jump into it? Um, we'll just sort of talk and it, it'll go naturally. You'll see. You'll All see. Right. Just just follow my lead. Okay. What lead? You're not giving me any lead. Mamma Mia, what a good movie. Well, let's talk about another movie now. Uh, the movie's called Fight Club. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like a small indie film. Not many of you probably have heard of it. Um, well, yeah, because yeah. the first rule of Fight of, Club. Yeah, you guys, if you guys heard that, you guys know that that line is from the movie. Yeah, definitely. It's like the, it's the thing that people say. Yes. So yeah, we're gonna talk about um. We're going to break the first rule. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about the 1999 David Fincher film. It is a film. Uh, Fight it is Club. a film. Uh, yeah. Based off, again, based off a novel, which, yeah, which neither of us have read. I actually, uh, I was on the commentary I was listening to for this movie. Uh, Fincher said that he read this book in one night. Uh, and it was sent to him. I forget who sent it to him, but it was sent to him by like someone in the industry, and they're like, "You have to read this book." And he read it in one night. and was like, "Okay, we gotta we gotta write this script now," uh, which I think is kind of cool that somebody could like a book and finish it. Like it's two hundred fifty pages, um, so it's a pretty lengthy book to finish in one night, uh, which I thought was impressive. Yeah, but um, well, yeah. yeah, I guess we should point out you listened to the. Uh... Fincher commentary track. Not the, I listened to a Fincher commentary track. There's multiple. Um, but this one was just him. There's ones with uh, the main three, you know, Ed Norton, Brad Pitt, and um, Helena Bonham Carter. But this one was just with, with Fincher, so, but yeah. So yeah, so you know probably a bit more about the behind-the-scenes stuff than I do mm -hmm. um, for slightly. this. Yeah. Yeah, slightly. Yes, slightly. So I guess I should um, sort of talk about uh, my own sort of experience or knowledge of the film, since you definitely have more to say than I do. Um, okay. I had seen this film a long time ago. Uh, like, I don't know. But anyway, I, I watched it. It had to be at like at least three, maybe even four years ago. And it was like right when I was really getting in, into film. And so it was like, oh, Fight Club. This is a good movie. I need to watch this. And so I watched it. And then, like, over the years, it got, like, bogged down in my mind with, like, like I don't want to say, like, seven other movies. And, like, I got it completely confused with a bunch of other stuff. Like, there's the part when they're um, breaking into, like, the um, the place to get the stuff to make the soap, like, the lard or whatever. Yeah. And, like, that, like, beat-for-beat beat thing, I thought that was from Breaking Bad. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they're... 100% is like a similar like sequence in that it was just like the small stuff like that that like was embedded yeah. into my mind but like I couldn't mm -hmm. remember where it was from and so yeah. like watching this just uh, like what two or three days ago like rewatching it was sort of like a very 
a surreal experience. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess you can sort of say your stuff about this uh, should specify again. This is one of your favorite films, correct? Yes, this is actually number three, <laughs> right above Mamma Mia. Uh, also, in case it hasn't been obvious already, spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen it, don't listen anymore. Because, you know, there's a big spoil that we kind of can't not talk about, you know? So um, go see it if you haven't seen it. Now that that's done, yes, this is in fact one of my favorite films. Um, but yeah, I think just like from a base level, this whole movie is just so masterfully done. Like all the like going back and seeing all the little like, which I'm going to talk about later because I have a whole list. Um, but seeing all the little like shots and like references and all this stuff is like, the thought and time and stuff that went into this is insane and it's just very well done um in my opinion anyway even though it's kind of one of those like stereotypical like film lovers favorite movies it genuinely is one of my my top five because it's just such a good movie um you know and i actually i watched it for the first time i think probably like two two and a half years ago so fairly recently um but yeah i just it's a great movie yeah um this was not my first Fincher film. I had seen uh, Seven, I think. Yeah, before. I think same for me, yeah. Uh, I was probably, I watched that probably when I was too young, but anyway. <laughs> but now I have seen all but, um, I've seen all but Panic Room, uh, Alien 3, and uh, Benjamin Button from oh, Fincher's filmography. Yeah, I've seen all but those three. And so rewatching that, like, with the context, or, like, a better context of his, like, career, and, like, mm -hmm. the placement of this, like, in that, like, chron chronological, like, progression, yeah. it it's very interesting to me. And you you've seen... I've seen more Finch Fincher films than you, but you are also familiar with, like, a yeah. lot of his other stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah. It was also just, like, a cool thing for me just to, like, realize how, like, how many things I didn't get with that first watch. And so it was kind of like a, oh, wow, I've actually, like, learned stuff over the last four yeah. years. Like, oh, hey, I've kind of progressed past just, like, oh, this is awesome. This is, like, they're punching each other. It's so cool. Which um yeah we'll get into that sort of, like, how kind of misrepresented, I think, like, mm -hmm. people make this out to be. As like a dude yeah. bro like movie, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna let you kind of take the lead with this one since you obviously you've probably seen it more like other than just the most recent rewatch. You probably have seen it or know more about it than me. So I'm gonna let you kind of like take the lead, and then I have some stuff uh, I want to talk about as well. All right, all right, cool. Well, I guess I'll start. Like I have a bunch of like one off like uh, like factoids about the movie that I, I wrote down from the the pod uh, the podcast the commentary track um which we can just i'll like sprinkle in depending on where they're necessary in the conversation okay but i mainly want to talk about some of the cinematography because i thought this was really interesting and uh fincher really um explained it in like the first couple minutes but the initial sweep through the kitchen in uh ed norton or the narrator's house um was i thought it's always like a very like clean and like you it's like a recognizable shot right like the sweep through of everything showing it and apparently this was used to show um uh and norton's thought pro the character uh the narrator's thought process in the film and it's used to show like how quickly 
he can process things because of like the speed and the direction and the nature of how the kitchen was set up, but also how manic it is and like how he's like all over the place, but it's like quick, you know what I mean? Uh, which I thought was really interesting. And it's stuff like that that makes it even more like, um, like it shows just the thought level put into it. And I, I really, I always like when they do stuff like that, you know, they like have like a deeper meaning to like some basic camera work or whatever. But uh, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, that they yeah. used it to like his kitchen specifically, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, it like Fincher films always have a very distinct like style, even though like mm -hmm. stories can be like drastically different. Like, yeah. I mean, you compare this to like The Social Network, obviously. Like, you, there's <laughs> yeah. no comparison, but it's still like very distinct, like clean cinematography, mm -hmm. like tight story usually. Yeah. And so it's like. It stand this stands out like in his filmography, but it still is like his. It's distinctly a mm -hmm. Fincher film, and yeah. I think that's like it really complements like what he has always been able to do. And just taking this like this is definitely his like most insane like script that he's worked with. 100 percent, yeah. But yeah, it, it's close. The closest comparison is the game, where that's just like um, again like a guy just going completely like um. In terms of, like, level of insanity of, like, the events that happen in the film, it's just, like, mm -hmm. the game, like, is just a continual just, like, descent of everything just getting more and more, like, higher and higher octane, higher, like, levels of insanity yeah. and just crazy things that happen. But in that, like, the characters are always, like, grounded. They're always, like, mm -hmm. you know, like... At the end of the day, it's just, like, ah, what are we doing? Everything's going crazy. But the characters are always, like, you know relatable normal people with this yeah. it's just like he just threw all of that out the window i mean that's just the nature of the story but it was just like yeah. it, it, it's very unique not even in his mm -hmm. filmography but just as like a film in, like, in general I, yeah yeah i've never seen anything quite like this yeah that's also why i love like original movies like as in like original concepts and i think this is just like it's got the perfect level of like grittiness and also like you feel for this guy, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of do in, like, some weird, twisted way um, with everything that's going on. It's just, like, it has, like, all the perfect, like, check marks to make this, like, a great film, you know what I mean? Uh, and, yeah, I just think it's really, really well done. Yeah, it's like a, um, like, what genre? I want to hear, what like, how you would put it. Genre? Like, what genre would you put this as, like, label it? Is, oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's probably, like, it's gotta be, like, it's definitely crime. Like, it definitely is crime. There's no way it's not. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of, like, I don't know. Honestly, I really don't know. I feel like it's more like a, like a, it's like a dark comedy almost, but, like, not really funny, if that makes sense. Like, it's ironic. That's, like, it's a dark comedy, but instead of it being funny, it's ironic. I think that's the best description I can I can give of it. Yeah, it's like it's like the world's first like comedy crime thriller action satire. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's just like it is definitely a comedy. I would say like above well, yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah. Well, comedy. I guess maybe satire would be the better word. Just, like, it's comedy in the sense that it's it's insane and like has some funny moments. But yeah, I think satire is more accurate. It's an absurdist comedy. 
Yes, like, yes, yes. The comedy, it's not like they're, you know, cracking jokes. It's like, it's mm -hmm. just in the presentation, everything is played straight. But it's just like, they yeah. even have, I mean, it has like even cutaway gags at times. <laughs> yeah, like, it does. Um, I mean, like those parties like peeing in like the soup and stuff like that. Like that's definitely, like it's funny. It's intended to be funny. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. it's, it's not because it's like gross, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, it's on the same level as like the Deadpool movies, you know? Like, yeah. just like totally like rejecting the rules of filmmaking or it, it mm -hmm. rejects like traditional structure and like narrative like storytelling like techniques it just like does its own thing and it's so like entirely original and just like creative yeah. like just stupidity basically <laughs> i mean yeah. ed norton like talking directly into the camera that has got to be like the best casting choice like ever yeah <laughs> he, he yeah is, i mean uh, yeah like I, I mean i love brad pitt as well but i feel like he is probably like one of the best parts of the movie like just his yeah, performance i mean i mean fincher himself said that most of the um the funny bits come from like ed norton's narration of it like it's just he's he's a, a phenomenal actor. like i don't know how much you've seen him in, but like primal fear american history x like these are all really great films and he's a terrific actor um like really really good and uh I, I agree with you brad pitt's great like he's awesome but like ed norton i don't think anybody probably could have done this as 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 well as he did so yeah i think i've only seen him um in like this and some of like the wes anderson stuff like moonrise kingdom yeah um because i haven't seen what else like you said american history x um primal fear or what's the other thing that he was in uh hulk no, I, oh yeah, I guess I have seen that, but that was bad. <laughs> that was bad, yeah. Um, oh, he was in uh, Birdman, which I have not seen. Oh, right, I forgot about that. Yeah, he yeah. was in Birdman. I like the last half of it, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I haven't seen much of him, but I mean, he he's very, another kind of like distinct, I, I feel like he was also, again, like right people at the right time, you know, mm -hmm. like he's just so, he plays it so like straight, but also so like, genuine you know like it, it yeah. doesn't come off as like he's trying to be comedic it's just that he he he's just perfect for the role like there's yeah. no nothing else to really say yeah fincher was talking about him like he was like he, this was two separate occasions but one he said that like this is just funny but he was like ed norton has like the most perfect eye bags i've ever seen like <laughs> and he's like they're natural too which i was like okay true but okay and then he also said that um he was like, oh my god, what, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you know, he said that, like, he, that, like, especially the scene where, like, he beats himself up in front of the, um, the boss, right? Like, mm -hmm. right before he walks away with all the stuff. He said that it's, like, the audiences were, like, laughing, the test audiences, because you don't, ex like, this little scrawny guy is, like, intimidating, you know what I mean? Like, he's supposed to be intimidating to yeah. the boss, and you're like, that shouldn't happen, but it is, and it's... He kept this, he kept comparing it to one movie. I forget what he was comparing it to, but like it was just like he like Ed Norton is so unsuspecting as like this like big shot like you know what I mean like like who who he is in the movie you it doesn't fit but it does like because it doesn't fit like logically it fits like visibly you know what I mean Yeah, well I think obviously the you know co-star for the majority of the film Brad Pitt I mean, yeah. just that, like having that contrast between the two. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if we're getting into like spoilers and stuff. I mean, I like, already gave a spoiler warning, so you might as well. Go watch the movie. 
But um, yes. yeah, just the reveal that he is Tyler, or yeah, there was no Tyler there or was whatever. No Tyler, yeah. Well, he well, became Tyler. Really, he became Tyler, yeah. But um, just like. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean that's like probably the funniest part of the whole movie. Like after you watch it, you're like, Ed Norton is Brad Pitt. You know, yeah. <laughs> just like, just like that that level of absurdity is just like, yeah. and it just has such like a cold, like satirical tone to the whole thing. Like he meets Brad Pitt, and he's just like, oh, I'm selling soap, and it's just like so like bizarre yeah. and like just. I, that's why I'm interested in like the book, like how much mm-hmm. was like. Well, actually, I have a, uh, I actually can answer that question. <laughs> sure. Um, so the scene where they meet Brad Pitt, uh, where we meet Brad Pitt, rather that the plane part was invented for the movie. Um, I think they met in like a store or something in the book. It was like it wasn't like on a plane. It was somewhere like local, and it was a store or a restaurant or like they met on the street or something like that. Um, but the reason they they made it made them meet on a plane is because they needed to give like ed norton like a viable like he's traveling he's bouncing around and they needed to incorporate that because like he wouldn't otherwise he doesn't leave his house except for these support groups so how would he meet brad pitt uh yeah. or tyler Durden, whatever and so they put him on the plane and that's why they had that scene um yeah. but yeah i mean so many of the best parts of like what makes it work so well are like entirely visual so I yeah 100 like percent. even though like oh, it is kind of based on a book. We don't want to... Like, I mean, obviously, it has to be a good book for it to have, like, worked at all. But I think Fincher definitely, like, elevated, you know, all of the material. And, like, I, I feel like if someone else tried to do this, especially in, like, 99, I feel like it, mm-hmm. this, again, like, could have very easily, like, fallen apart, could have come off as just, like, too campy, too serious, yeah. too, like... like it. It, it's it finds its balance very well yeah it's just really really well thought out um which is like actually this is like jumping ahead a little bit but um to add on to that fact when they filmed and edited this movie uh fincher was saying that the runtime did like barely change like it was like a matter of like four or five minutes that got shaved off which is insane like that never ha- like you know what i mean like that's that's yeah. like insane that the movie changed that little um which i think goes to show how airtight they made everything you know what i mean like yeah. i think he said that he worked on the script with uh the writer uh, i think his name was chuck something for like a year and like it was very well thought out and very well planned and i just like it just goes to show that like th- that much preparation produces something that not many people could have done like so like what you were saying yeah um, i mean that's just fincher's um like style though i feel like yeah m- like pretty much all of his scripts are pretty airtight by the end yeah they are pretty airtight yeah like especially because like a lot of what he does like is adapted usually from like Mm -hmm. yeah either a novel or i mean real life in the case of um uh social network i don't know was zodiac based on a book or just the actual i think zodiac was just based on like Actually, no, it might have been based off of the Robert guys. Like, he wrote a memoir or something, I think. Uh, and I'll look it up right now, but continue. But no, I was just saying, like, that's just part of his, like, entire, like, signature style, essentially, where he's not really a writer. Like, he, he like he has the creative input as, like, like, I've always viewed him as such, like, a director-director, you know, whereas he's, like, the person yeah. who, like, m- he's such a, like, filmmaker, 
even though he like mm-hmm. isn't the writer director he is such like a distinct like visual like cr- like storyteller basically yeah and like he the entirety of like the dramatic weight of his like films comes from his own like direction yeah definitely but uh, yeah, he's got a very like distinct way of like creating, you know what I mean? And I, I think that just like, that's also like, I, I, as a director, he's really great, like in general. But this movie in particular, he basically like all the stories he was telling about, like what had to get like approved of and everything, like they went through a lot to get all this stuff in the movie. And I think that's also what makes it so new- unique is that they just completely went off the rails with everything and the studio pretty much let them do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I don't like, think this would have, this couldn't have gotten made today for sure. No, definitely, definitely not. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's insane. The amount of like stuff they went through to get this movie exactly how it is. Uh, it's just, it's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, like it. it's, I guess we kind of, need to talk about the plot a bit because we kind of oh, just yeah. like ranted <laughs> about the filmmaking but just like yeah um it's just so like chaotic yet mm-hmm. like perfect you know like yeah. there's so many visuals that like like i said like i thought that i was just like making them up in my mind but no these are from this like movie like this is real yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's just like so many moments and then obviously with the like twist it's just like so like it doesn't make any sense that like this character who we've seen the two of them in the same like room like mm-hmm. the entire movie like it doesn't make any sense that he's like beating himself up in a parking lot but that's like but it it's presented in a way that like you don't even question it for a second you know yeah like, the the editing and like like you were saying like the traveling sequences where he's just like mm-hmm. flying around and just like suffering from that like severe insomnia it's just such it builds such like the perfect feeling of just like absurdity that like by the time you get to all these points you're just like yeah it makes sense to me like you just completely (laughs) go along with it no i was just gonna say to add on to the uh the point with the two of them in the same in the same place um the only like this is actually really interesting but fincher said the only part where it didn't really make sense is when they're in the car um like right before brad pitt crashes it um Mm. because he's driving but uh he said it could easily be written off as the narrator's imagination but something particularly interesting that he said was is that after they crash the car the car's flipped over right Mm. and um brad pitt who was previously in the driver's seat because he was driving actually gets out on the passenger side and goes over to help ed norton out of the car on the driver's side which you don't notice because the car slipped upside down. But like, I I read that and I remember like looking, I heard that him say that. And I remember looking back and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that is like, that's like such a tiny detail, but like, it's so like cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Airtight. I think that's the best yeah. way to describe it. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. I mean, he, it, it, that's what I was saying. Like, I can't imagine anyone else trying to do this or mm-hmm. like even him trying to do this something like this again like it it, it's such a unique like not just a unique film but just like a unique like type of film like i think Mm -hmm. nothing is ever really like caught up because it's like it's almost like not like scary but it's like genuinely tense at times but it's like also one of the funniest movies ever made but it's also (laughs) like 
you know, exciting. And it's also like psychologically like compelling. Like it's a yeah. Just, it's it's such a like unique blend of like that's mm-hmm. why I mentioned like the genres because I was thinking about just like I don't think anything else has ever like been able to do what this does. Like yeah. I don't think Fincher like I don't think he's really tried either, but I think that like nothing could ever really top this in terms of like what it does, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And so, um, I don't know how much more you have like to say, but uh, I mean, I can just—I have like random one-off facts. Yeah, you can just. Well, you can list those off like at the end, just so it's like. Just, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. List. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I was gonna start talking about the um, just sort of like deeper, like the themat, like the yeah the messages of the it. film. Yeah, yeah. Just that's because cool. I feel like um. I mean, it's called Fight Club, right? It has Brad yeah. Pitt in it, right? And so, yeah. like, I just... Because I had always, like, heard of it as, like, um, kind of, like I mentioned, the Dude Bro movie, where it's just, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Tyler Durden is, like, this super cool guy who, like... Yeah. <laughs> is, like, the actualization of, like, this scrawny nerd's, like... Like, all of his desires are, like, represented in this yeah. super cool... I mean, it's Brad Pitt. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like there's there's just a lot in there about this like sort of forced like perspective of like masculinity and like the sort of over the top like dude bro attitude, which is like the type of people who like wrongly like view this movie that yeah. way. Where it's just like it like it opens with like a bunch like at the testicular cancer or whatever like i think that especially like is very like thematically setting yeah i get what you're saying about like the those themes but i was gonna say like consumerism too and like um like material objects is also a very um um like heavy theme throughout the film uh specifically like every time tyler's like you like your possessions do not make you or whatever it is like uh, you know, and like, and like the emphasis on living life and just like enjoying life without having to like do stuff for the sake of having stuff, for lack of a better um term, uh, which also is coincidentally why they used uh, IKEA as a uh, heavy, <laughs> a prominent feature of the film because all of uh, Ed Norton's character's furniture was from IKEA, um, which uh, I think is honestly like pretty, pretty like. And Starbucks again featured like all these like big brands are in the movie, um, but like it seems to be for like all the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Like the furniture explodes. You know, Brad Pitt's character like denounces it, saying he doesn't need it. The Starbucks cup is like he just drinks the coffee and like nothing happens. He's still the same. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff. It's like there's such an emphasis on like getting back at the system, even to the point where he like put like the like inserts into the the projection reels you know what i mean like it's all getting back at like these big corporations and stuff which is another like heavy part of it i i think um yeah i mean it's it's very clearly like a very like direct like angry like sentiment towards i mean capitalism consumerism i mean it's very like like it's so direct but like it fits in the type of story that it is and it's like very like thematically like potent but i feel like it's so easy that's why it's like really funny to me that like people like completely miss everything about it and just like 
yeah. it's funny because they punch each other. Where it's just like yeah. he essentially like forms a small group of like guerrilla militias like to like mm-hmm. overthrow like capitalism in their like area. Yeah. I it, it's just I don't know, it's it's very um it's a very strange phenomenon. It's even worse though when like you realize that they're honestly not even really like that good at fighting. Like you know what I mean? Like the narrator lost like almost every fight he he fought in except for like the one against uh, Jared Leto's character and Brad Pitt only beats um the guys up in the group like he pretty much loses the fight to Lou. Uh he doesn't really in the end because they get to keep the spot but like the physical fighting of it he lost, you know what I mean? Like none of these guys are like really good at fighting. They just kind of like are mad and letting that out, you know what I mean? Well yeah, it's just like feeling like trapped by what there are in like their daily lives and their sort of spot yeah. in the like system which eventually yeah. leads to that like building of like just tearing it all down with the ending. Yeah, exactly. Actually, speaking of the ending, another interesting factoid. Um, apparently, the the CGI artist for that they hired spent an entire year on that one shot of the buildings crumpling. Um, wow. Yeah, which it's like literally like ten seconds of footage and spent the whole year on it. Which I mean, for ninety nine, not bad, but like. Thought that was just interesting because it, it is such like a like uh, symbolically, it's very like important, you know. Because like in the end, yeah, the plan like worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the buildings came crumbling down. It just like it just like and also the shot of them like you know holding hands in front of the window. It's like very cinematic. Uh, it's and a happy it just ending. Sort of like it is. It technically is a happy ending. Yes. Besides the fact that Ed Norton is dying from just shooting himself in the head. Um, but uh or not dying but in pain um but uh but yeah it's a very like cinematically happy ending in a weird twisted way uh you know which is definitely interesting but um no i just it just it it, it's the whole movie is like the themes and symbols are so like in your face that you don't even notice them at times like it's that like it's that well done with like it's like themes and stuff because they're not hidden at all but at a surface value, you don't notice them because you're so absorbed in, like, these guys' lives and everything that it's just sort of, like, kind of washes over you, but you absorb it, like, subconsciously, you know? Well, yeah, it's so over the top that you, like, can't even process it all. Yeah, like, just exactly. The, like, it's not just like, oh, they're, you know, anti-consumerism, anti-capitalism. It's like, oh, we are going to literally blow up a bunch of buildings that make credit cards, yeah. you know? Or it's like, yeah. you, you're so focused on, like, the, like, specific things. And, like, but the specific things are literally, like, the big picture. And so it's, like, mm-hmm. a, yeah. a weird thing where it's, like, since they're, like, intertwined, like, your brain can't even process them as, like, separate things. It, it, yeah, like exactly. I said, it's very unique in terms of the storytelling and messages. 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's like every little thing was was thought out in like the most extreme way possible and like even the bigger stuff was like like very tightly like crafted but they made it like so it's just so well done. Like the way they like ingrained these like thoughts and things into your mind is like so telling of how masterful this this whole thing was and it's just so good yeah i mean um 
I think also like you mentioned the CGI just for the buildings at the end. There's mm -hmm. also these like CGI incorporated like shots yes. like throughout yes. the film. I don't know if you have anything like from the uh, Fincher or like behind the scenes stuff. I just wanted to say like it also like this is the type of thing like right time period where it's like 99 like the CGI wasn't like overbearing but it was just like a weird like it fit in with the story because of how like it un not uh, like unrealistic but also it didn't look bad it was an yeah. interesting like kind of blend it was kind of like a video game yeah like that level of like yeah flowing like camera movements that wouldn't be possible like mm -hmm. in real life yeah i actually i there wasn't anything in the commentary about that but i did want to talk about it because i love all of those shots so much like there are some like very particular shots in these in this film that i love but those like sweeping cg shots especially like when they ignite the stove and it goes into the wires it's so cool like it's honestly it doesn't even look that bad like you're right for the 90s it's pretty good effects um yeah and also just like the fact that it's got like this like grunge like rock essentially blasting over it is like really and then just cuts out like as Norton starts talking again it's so good like it's so well done i love all of those shots um yeah a lot well, like they're really cool talking about airtight i think the editing as well um oh yeah just like everything is like perfectly like i mean well especially for like comedic timing because that is a mm -hmm. factor in this like it's all just so like perfectly like cut together yeah yeah definitely it's like it, you're right it is really really well done uh the whole editing and like even like all like the little like insert shots like i don't think we talked about this yet but they call them like sub subliminal brads of like before we meet tyler durden tyler durden appears in like one frame mm -hmm. uh in like i think five instances they said in the commentary i was trying yeah. to point that out while we were watching it i don't think i like oh that's well. what you were talking about okay because yeah. i that's what i was talking about but then you said no and i was like oh i have no clue what you're talking about then well no um, it's just like okay, yeah. only like single frames though no yeah 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 that's what i was talking about because I, I said something like that and you said no it's this and i was like oh okay because i thought you were talking about something else but um yeah well, I, no I I, we we watched okay. this over um <laughs> amazon watch party just through text so we weren't like yeah talking talking yeah, so, so it's a I, bit I am. I'm not that much of an idiot. Just so, just no, you're the, not. Just so the viewers are aware. <laughs> no, the viewers should know the truth, Ben. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, no, I, I genuinely like the way they edited it was just so good, and like all like the I the narration too, the way they edited the narration together, like over, um, certain like parts, especially the office scenes, just made it like. It was just so solid like there's i can't like fault the editing for anything like it's it really made the movie really good yeah. really well it got the um i think wasn't it nominated for an oscar for effects right uh apparently it didn't get nominated for any oscars uh yeah it didn't that's weird no yeah. I, I just thought i remember her hearing about that i guess not but yeah, no, I, honestly, though, like the whole like I have like a bunch of like small stuff like yeah, that's like shows. And... Yeah, because these are actually really interesting. Um, let me find. OK, so, for example, uh, the commentary Fincher was talking about the scars from the uh, the acid burns. And um, I don't remember if he said like where the context was, but Brad Pitt was basically like kissing pieces of paper. Right. 
and I don't remember if they said it was from a deleted scene or he was just doing it on set for some reason or whatever, but they used that imprint to design the scar that was on the hands of, like, the people who, like, the, the acid or the chemicals or whatever, uh, which is, like, those tiny things. Like, why would you ever do that? Because it's Fight Club. Why else? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, like, tiny stuff like that. Um, also, the fact that, like, this one actually is from Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, Fincher said that she asked the makeup artists to, like, apply um, her makeup with the, their left, their non-dominant hands uh, because she felt like Marla Singer would not <laughs> be good at makeup. <laughs> and so, like, it would come out all smudged and everything. And, uh, like, it's just, like, the commitment to, like, the tiny details and, like, to these, like, characters' lives is, like, insane. Um, that's but, that's uh, what yeah. makes a good movie. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah. oh, also one important thing: the scene where they're in the bathroom and they're talking about like who would you fight like the first time. Mm -hmm. That scene was apparently originally shot outside under the stars, um, and uh, it didn't like turn out well or something. And they chose to do it in the bathroom because the set was about to be torn down, and they just thought it was like such like like I think they said Brad Pitt was either in agreement with this or thought of it or whatever, but he was like, Tyler Durden would be the guy who wouldn't care about being naked in front of his friends, and that just shows, like, his confidence or something like that. And, like, it turned out to be, like, such, like, a memorable um, scene, you know? Mm. And it's, like, all of the, like, like throughout the entire, everything I've been reading about this movie, all members of the cast were heavily involved in the actual filmmaking process, which I think is really cool. Uh, and it's something you don't see as much anymore nowadays. Um well, yeah, I, I think especially Brad Pitt, I feel like he yeah. he's kind of like roped in there with like the Leo DiCaprio like movie star status. But mm -hmm. really, I mean, he has like his own production company and he like, yeah, like I feel like he especially is like a very create like some working on something like the Tree of Life, which is like this art house film. Mm -hmm. Like not only did he like help star in it, like he literally like helped produce it like from start to finish. Like he yeah. and stuff like um. Uh, what was the other thing? Twelve Years a Slave, just like smaller, not smaller stuff, but stuff that like yeah, you wouldn't like expect Brad Pitt to be like a part of. I feel like he doesn't yeah. get enough like credit. This is sort of deviating from Fight Club, but just like he, no, yeah, I get you. Like his role in the film industry, like definitely extends beyond the just like, oh, I'm handsome actor man. I'm gonna be, in a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a big star. You know, like I feel like he, he especially mm -hmm. like extends beyond that. To, yeah, to add on to that, it's kind of this, a similar thing with Ed Norton. Um, like, not for Fight Club. Like, obviously, he had creative input, and he even actually helped cast Meatloaf as um, Bob. But, uh, like, he, like, wrote, like, the like almost the entirety of the script, I think, or something. Like, he was heavily involved, like, either with directing. I'm pretty sure he was writing the script, though, for American History X. Like, mm. he pretty much, like, I think it was the script. I think he wrote, like, most of it, if not the whole thing. Because there was, like... Um, creative issues or something like there's a problem and he basically like took on a big role in it i don't remember specifically which part but like he didn't really get credit for it at all like is is the point that i was trying to say like you know i mean like they're both very creative like outside of just the acting which is very yeah. interesting and i think also really helped make this such a good movie yeah no i didn't know that about like, like i said i don't really know much about yeah Ed norton or American History X or anything, but yeah. No, I, it, I'm not trying to like rub that in, but yeah. It, that well, no, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, it, it it's yeah, very similar to Mamma Mia. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, they're both they want to tear down capitalism. They want to, you know, uh, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's the main. I mean, they're both absurdist comedies. They're both. That's, um, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah that 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 is the only comparison. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fight Club, pretty good. Not gonna lie. It is lie. pretty good. Yeah. If uh, you have not seen it yet, which I guess is a little late now because you kind of yeah. know what happens, but uh, definitely go watch it. Not really. Uh, I mean, we, we well, spoiled the big twist. We pretty like, much did. Yeah, that's true. Not the actual plot. Go watch it again. Go watch, watch it, again. it again. You've probably yes. seen it. Go watch it again. Right but, now. Uh, yeah. Pause yes. the video. <laughs> Actually, no. Finish the video. Finish the video first, and then you can go watch it again. Yes. Yes. But, so um, what's your what's your rating for this one, Ben? Uh, I guess if we're doing that, I gave it, I had it at a, like, 8, and then I bumped mm -hmm. it down to a 7 over the years, just because, like, in my memory, it was just, like, being turned into what, like, I thought it was, like, oh, dude bro movie, and so I, like, yeah. bumped it down, and then on this rewatch, I gave it a 9 out of 10, because, yeah. uh, kind of good, in GL. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What about you, Rora? What would you rate it? Well, I gave it a, a complete 10 out of 10 because, which is not very few movies make that cut for me, but I genuinely love this movie and every single part of it. And I think it's so well done. So it, it's a definite 10 out of 10 for me. I really do love it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. There, I can't really like say there are any like problems with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I still feel like it, it's not a 10 for me just because of how yeah, like, that's fair. absurd like it, it doesn't take itself seriously enough for me to really like view it as like a perfect film but I feel like for what it is it is perfect in itself if that makes sense yeah yeah that's kind of my mentality though I don't necessarily care about it being as serious as as you say which is fine mm. fair you know different tastes in movies but I definitely I agree with you in the fact that there's like technically nothing wrong with it yeah um but yeah. Uh, also, soundtrack is good. I know we're probably trying to yes. wrap this up, but soundtrack yes. very good, better than Mamma Mia. Actually, identical to Mamma <laughs> Mia. It's it's about the same. Yes. I want to see an edit where it's just like Fight Club <laughs> music in Mamma Mia and the Mamma Mia soundtrack in Fight Club. They just um, blast Dancing Queen over all the fight scenes. <laughs> yes. Like as the building explodes, it's just the like Mamma Mia main theme or whatever. Yes, it's just the the xylophone part cues in in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about Fight Club. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did have stuff to good. say, but I kind of like blanked out for like a solid <laughs> ten minutes there. But well, do you remember? Because uh, we can just kind of put it back in. If no, you want. I don't know what you're talking about because it got cut out. Oh, right. Editing. The magic of editing. But, um, yeah. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about Fight Club? I mean, not really. It's just a great movie. <laughs> like, it it's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess we can, uh, sort of start concluding this pilot then. Uh, yeah. We'll start to talk about like our structure, and I mean, I think this went pretty. Sm it, it went mildly smooth. I think this. I mean, it's just the type of thing we'll get better 
as mm-hmm. we go along. I think our discussion. I think from a yeah, you sorry finish. Uh, like I was gonna say, we didn't really talk over each other, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for in terms of like of our very first podcast, considering I didn't really do any preparation for this, uh, mm-hmm. I think we did a pretty okay job. I think it can only it's only uphill from here or downhill yeah. or what you know what I mean uphill no yes. wait no I was gonna say like I think for I mean yeah we had issues like a lot of uh breaks and stuff and we messed up but I think from a content point I think we did pretty good like I think it's I think we did a pretty good job yeah um it went better than I expected it to that's for sure <laughs> yeah um well I mean that was kind of the point of this we just picked two like yeah funny movies and just sort of rant mm-hmm. about them. But um, I think in the future, yeah. a I'm gonna be more prepared. Uh, B it'll like go smoother, just as we you know, to figure yeah. out how to talk about things. Uh, but also, yeah. I think we're gonna have a, like a better structure where I'm gonna like actually know like okay, now we're gonna say this now or not like yeah. now we're gonna say that now we're gonna do this segment now we're gonna talk about the movie, other movie, mm-hmm. and here's what we're gonna do. So I guess yeah. I can sort of talk about what I'm thinking for that. I'm thinking we sort of open with just like a quick introduction uh, and sort of just sort of like maybe talk like about what we've been up to in day to day life, stuff like that. Any mm-hmm. updates or whatever to the channel or our individual channels. Uh, yes. Or social media or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We just sort of talk about that, you know, 10 to 15 minutes max. Then we start talking about the movies. Um I mean, from there, that'll vary episode to episode. Then yeah. at the end, I want to... I it, it depends on who is watching this, if anyone. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I would like to have like a Q&A session at the mm-hmm. end where we sort of answer your comments uh, or questions from the comments. Uh, we have a Twitter and Instagram account yes. uh, specifically set up for this podcast. I mean... Plus, like, we have our individual social medias, which, all of which you can find in the link in the description. But, um, yes. But, yeah, please, uh, if, so if you have any questions, I don't know who's watching this, but, like, if anyone's still here, probably not many, but uh, feel free to leave questions or whatever, I mean, film-oriented or not. Uh, or even or, just suggestions of what to watch next, yeah, that's or what review was, next, rather. I was going to say, like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to choose what we watch, but like (laughs) viewer suggestions, definitely, especially like early on when we don't really have like a definitive like schedule schedule. So like if you guys have recommendations or things that like or pairings of films that we should do together, because I think the two film system would work pretty well for a 90 minute ish podcast. Yeah. Um, and then, like, sometimes I'm sure we'll do, like, three. Like, if we do, like, a trilogy or whatever, we can talk about three things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, don't really have anything other planned than that. I want to do, like, Q&A. Maybe have some, like, funny bits at the end. I think for this, we've probably already gone on too long. So I don't know if we have time for, like, yeah. uh, we were going to do, like, icebreakers or something stupid. But, yeah, I don't really we have can time. Do, we, can do, we can do one question. Okay, we sure. We can pick one question. Okay, yeah. if you could be in the Guinness Book of World Records, what record-breaking feat would you attempt? Like, like what? what's realistic for, like, something that I can do or, like, just anything? No, it says, which would you attempt? So anyone you wanted to do. Okay, uh, I don't know. Most movies watched in a day. 
most movies watched in 90 minutes. And get one. <laughs> yeah. Least number of subscribers gained in last 90 days. Fair. Hopefully this channel will be more active than my actual one. Linked in the description. Linked in the description, yes. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of that, uh, I do have a letterbox lottery uh, probably out by the time this is up. And if not, then uh-oh, because <laughs> I need to go edit. But um, yeah, uh, go watch that if it's out. Do you have anything you want to plug? No. <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, that was the pilot. Uh, we're at an hour and 50 minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, that's epic. Uh, okay. Uh, Alright. Bye. Just like a sign off? Okay, okay no. bye.